Hello again and welcome to the third in this informative series of handy health tips from me, leading holistic nutritionist, Alison Cowell. Today I'm focusing on food intolerances. As some of you may know, the reason I studied nutrition was because I had been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and told I would need to be on medication for the rest of my life. Well, I didn't fancy that much, so I studied nutrition to see if there was anything I could naturally do to manage my condition. It turned out that during the course of my studies, I found out that I had food intolerances. Not to gluten or dairy, which are two of the most common culprits, but to eggs, tomatoes and mushrooms. Not the best news to a vegetarian. Anyway, I cut them out of my diet and honestly, the impact was immediate. I never looked back and more importantly, I never took any medication to manage my symptoms of ulcerative colitis. When I emigrated to New Zealand in 2005 and opened my nutrition clinics, I made sure that food intolerance testing was an integral part of my consultations because People just aren't aware that they have them. When I would mention I was going to look into them, my clients would declare, oh my goodness, no, I don't have any allergies. Aha, and they were quite right. They might not have allergies, but they could have intolerances. There is a distinction between the two. A food intolerance is not the same as a food allergy. To explain... Our human bodies respond the same way today as they've always done since we first roamed the planet. Back in the day, we would be foraging around for our food and we knew instinctively that we could eat this berry, but not that berry, that we could have that fruit, but not that one. Because if we had an allergy, our body would release hormones, either histamine or adrenaline. And that would lead to immediately obvious symptoms, which could range from a mild skin rash to enormous welts, from tingles and swelling to shortness of breath and to a full-blown anaphylactic shock, which happens as a result of extreme adrenaline production. So we pretty much had to work out very quickly our foods that we were allergic to. Intolerances are different. Instead of producing hormones, they produce antibodies. When the food hits the mouth, it affects what's known as the autonomic nervous system. That's our inbuilt fight-or-flight response. When your body perceives specific food molecules as invaders, antibodies are produced. And if you have a blood test for intolerances, it's these antibodies they're looking for. The most common being immunoglobulin G, IgG. That's the most abundant type of antibody found in all body fluids and It protects us against bacterial and viral infections. And the other one would be immunoglobulin E, IgE, which is found in the lungs, skin and mucosal membranes. So a lot of people who have continual mucosal problems usually have a food intolerance. Food intolerances can also damage your intestinal tract, just as it did to me. You have little finger-like protrusions standing up called villi. And their job is to wait patiently while your food goes through the digestive tract and then it can absorb the nutrients and distribute them to your cells. However, when you've had this fight or flight moment when the food hits your mouth, it's in that split second your muscles fail. 
When your muscles fail, the villi, part of your muscular system, they will lay flat, so none of the nutrients are reaching the places they should. Then, when the danger is over, the villi stand up again, and you haven't felt a thing. It's not a question of grabbing your stomach and thinking, oh, my villi just went flat. <laughs> if only it was that easy. No, instead, your first sign that you might be intolerant to the food is that, you know, you've, you're really tired. One of those days you're just struggling to get through and you don't know why. Or you can become really hungry. You've had a good breakfast, but come mid-morning, you're really struggling to get through the day. So hunger and tiredness are often the first signs that you could have an ongoing food intolerance because the nutrients just didn't reach your cells and your body's letting you know it can't run on empty. But over time, if you keep eating a food or foods that you're intolerant to, the impact will lead to nutritional deficiencies. And it's those deficiencies that can cause the symptoms and they'll be different for everyone. So some people who have deficiency in, in magnesium will have things like migraines and constipation, all those sorts of things that are associated with magnesium deficiency. Whereas for somebody else, if they're deficient in zinc, they can end up getting conditions like psoriasis and memory issues. So they're intolerant to the same food, but their symptoms are different because of the nutrients that they're becoming deficient in. In fact, many common ailments such as migraines, eczema, joint pain, fatigue and even depression often have a food culprit at their source. I mentioned about the villi standing up straight. I just wanted to say a word that if you are celiac, which is an extreme intolerance to gluten, which is a protein found in mostly in wheat and other grains, um, then gluten is a sticky protein and it will stick the villi down. Now, when I first studied nutrition over 20 years ago, it was thought that the villi then were stuck down good. They wouldn't stand up. But as time's gone by, we've realised that the villi do try to stand up and repair and mend themselves, but they they don't stand up as fully erect as they were and they still have... Um, they're still impeded with the absorption. And I found in my older clients, you know, there's a condition called diverticulitis and that's extreme inflammation of the villi. And honestly, the symptoms you get with diverticulitis is, you know, lots of uncomfortable toilet pains and running to the toilet, diarrhea. And we treat those symptoms with medications and painkillers when in fact I haven't met one person yet with diverticulitis that I didn't identify as having a food intolerance. So honestly, if you know anybody with diverticulitis, really worth having a food intolerance test just to rule that out as a cause. So how do you know if you do have a food intolerance? Well, there's six foods that are responsible for 80% of intolerances, and that's dairy, gluten, soy, yeast, eggs, and tomatoes. But you can be intolerant to anything, fruit, nut, vegetable, seeds, spice, herb, anything. In fact, one of the most unwell people that I ever saw was um, a 19-year-old girl whose mother had taken her off gluten and dairy because somebody suggested that they might be working against her. So this girl was eating beautiful, fresh, organic fruits and vegetables and drinking unsweetened almond milk, but was so, so unwell. I did a blood test for her and my goodness, I think about 
80% of the things that she was eating from cherries to mandarins to almonds, and there she was having her un- almond milk, everything she was eating was, was working against her, poisoning her, in fact. So I took everything out that was showing up in her blood test result, only gave her fruits and vegetables that I knew she was safe to eat, and finally her body responded. She got the nutrients that she needed and she became well again. But um, yeah, I mean, that was an extreme example, one of the worst I've seen, but it does show that it can be anything. You can keep a food and symptom diary to see if you can identify any culprits for yourself. You simply write down what you eat and when you eat and then how you're feeling. But don't forget, an intolerance doesn't usually give immediate symptoms like an allergy. So your 10 o'clock banana could be responsible for your two o'clock headache. A food and symptom diary can highlight those sort of relationships. You can have the blood tests that I mentioned. There's there's a few of them. Some doctors do them for you. Um, otherwise, you can do them privately. Um, there's also a skin prick test you can have done. You can have a hair test, a hair mineral analysis test. There's lots of ways to identify intolerances, but it's well worth exploring. So if you feel that you're doing everything right, but not getting the results you deserve or having the best of health, then well worth exploring if you have got a food intolerance. As always, accompanying these podcasts, I've got a downloadable fact sheet on my website, alisoncowell.com. So hop over to the blog page on there and you'll find um, a blog on this subject and a fact sheet that you can download. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm always around. If you want to ask any questions, you can email me at alisoncowellspeaker at gmail.com. Or if you want a consultation, you can do that through the website too. Next time, I'm going to be talking about diabetes. And actually, that's not just of interest to anyone who has diabetes of any type, but also for anyone who wants to understand the impact of sugar on our bodies, including particularly how it affects our brain and our mood. Well worth knowing as we go through these troubling times with COVID. So join me next time for my podcast on diabetes. And until then, stay happy and healthy. See you next time. Bye. Bye.